It's often a bit mystifying how brands magically go viral overnight. Sometimes they make it big, and other times they crash and burn. Is the road to brand fame and a bump to the bottom line worth the risk? I'm Alexis. And I'm Melissa. And we're just a little obsessed with these marketing moments. So join us as we break down the craziest brand stunts, from how the idea sparked to how the heck they pulled it off. Or didn't, and of course, will it stick? Hey Alexis. Hey Melissa. What's going on? Oh, nothing. Just, you know, another day in the neighborhood. <laughs> Are you hungry today? I'm starving. Oh, I'm going to make you even more hungry. Okay. <laughs> do you have a breakfast sandwich for me? I do not. I did not come prepared today okay. with breakfast sandwiches, but. Only green juice. Only green juice, yes. I just want to start out by telling you something you might already know about me. Okay. Candy is one of my biggest weaknesses. Candy and Mountain Dew. <laughs> diet Mountain Dew. Oh, Diet Mountain Dew. Not the regular Mountain Dew. <gasps> and what's weird is like if it's in my house, like if I have candy in my house, I can totally resist it. Like no big deal. But like if I have nothing sweet in my house, I'm like, I go crazy craving candy. What about the office? Oh, I can resist it. Like if it's easily accessible, it's the weirdest thing. Um, But like- there's if it's not, I just it's this weird conundrum that happens. Oh my god! And like I will seek it out and get it. Oh my god! Like my little son Cash, he's just like the same, the same. <laughs> but he hides it behind his bed, which is another oh, that's problem. Disgusting. Have you checked for bugs? Um, my cleaning lady finds like an entire tub behind his bed of candy. Oh my god! Every week. That if you need to thing. find anything that you're missing, it's behind that bed. <laughs> well, I typically like like sour gummy candy. What's your go-to? Yeah, sour. I like the those sour red belts. Oh, yeah. And I like chocolate-covered gummy bears. Really? That Actually, sounds... I like eating a sour belt yeah. and then a chocolate gummy bear next. Oh, like one interesting after the other. follow-up. You have like a whole <laughs> system a process. of order of importance for candy. when I get candy, it's normally when – we go to that, like, It's Sugar yeah. by Kierland. Love that place. There is one candy bar that has cemented its status as the number one most popular, best-selling candy bar in both the U.S. and in the world. Any guesses? No, because I'm, I'm not a candy bar girl. Okay, I'm going to give you a clue. It's named after a horse. A horse? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? I have no idea. Snickers. Snickers? Oh, that's a great horse name. Oh, that is a good horse name. Yeah. So how do you feel about Snickers? Like, or do you like it? Um, it's my snowboarding snack. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? We, I don't know. I feel like because every mountain you go to, they always sell Snickers. And so Wes and I always buy Snickers. Yeah. Well, it's not my fave, but my husband totally loves it. And really, you just nailed it. Like, you can get a Snickers anywhere. They're like at grocery stores, gas stations, like the airport, sporting events, snack stands. Frankly, like... You could probably walk to your neighbor's house and ask to borrow a Snickers and they'd like produce one for you. It's like a very common. Um, I don't know about those neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very common candy. Yeah. You know, I couldn't believe it when I read it, but Snickers has been a mainstay since 1930. Wow. 1930. Yeah. It was created by Frank C. Mars. And if you can't guess it by the last name. Mars. Mars is the candy company that is obviously a mega company today. 
Um, and yes, Snickers was named after their family horse, the Mars's family horse. Wow. Yeah. So today, Mars is the sixth largest privately held company in the United States. They did $33 billion in sales in 2015. Okay. And of that $33 billion, Snickers contributes roughly $500 million annually. Wow. It's a lot of candy bars. That's a lot of candy bars. And you want to hear the coolest part about this, like when I was diving into the research? So good old Frank Mars started out like as mega poor. Like he had nothing, but he had this vision. Like he was a confectioner. He wanted to be the candy man, okay? So he was married to this woman named Ethel. And at one point, (laughs) Ethel left him because he was so broke and she was convinced his candy business was going nowhere. Oh my God, how sad. I know. He just he just had a dream. <laughs> he just wanted and, to be the candy man. And so like she leaves him. And then in 1922, he actually hit it big with the Milky Way. That was his first candy bar to like hit it big. Wow. Okay. And then he was like rolling in the dough at that point. So by the time he actually like invented Snickers in 1930, he was like already crushing it. So was it. he making these candy bars? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He had like a factory and he made the candy. He was the candy man. He was like Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. Yeah. Um, And by that time, he had moved on to his second wife, but she was also named Ethel, which I found a little confusing. (laughs) But she she and him together became candy moguls. Candy moguls. Mm -hmm. See? That's what Cash is meant to do. I know. Maybe your son's the next Willy Wonka. Well, we keep joking that he's going to own a balloon factory. (laughs) That's true. Because he's also obsessed with balloons. Well, the company actually makes a ton more than candy. I was... Really? Quite surprised to learn about. So apparently it has its hands in pet food and is a, also a provider of animal care services. Who knew? Like candy pet food? No. In 2008, Mars Inc. branched out from chocolate to gum when it acquired the Wrigley Jr. Company for $23 billion. Okay? Oh my God. And then it bought Imes and two other pet food brands in 2014 from Procter & Gamble for close to $2.9 billion. Like, how does that conversation go in the boardroom? Like, we're a candy company. <laughs> Let's buy a pet food company? I mean, diversification is key, Alexis. Come on. Diversification. You know? And so that audience? explains that growth into the new categories. Like, they just clearly wanted to, like, get their hands in a lot of places. Like, what if candy becomes uncool? They're just making moves. You know? All right, make moves. So the company today is officially called Mars Wrigley. Okay. Cool. So let's talk about Snickers a little bit more specifically. Mars makes more than 15 million Snickers bars every day just to keep up with demand. I mean, it's the number one selling candy in the U.S. Yeah. It's cr- and in the world. And, I mean, for me, the fact that this single candy bar could maintain its cool factor and still be the number one selling candy after 90 years since it's, it's like inception is insanely impressive. Like that does not happen. As a culture, we seem to have like a very short attention span for brands, right? Like, so how does one candy bar made in 1930 still have the market share today with like not a lot of change, not any change to the taste yeah, or really the package? Well, you know what's so weird actually thinking about that? There's a lot of brands that were created back then, like Campbell's Soup or, again, like Aunt Jemima, all these brands that are household names that are still like top-selling brands. I wonder what brands like during our years will be like will the top-selling brands. Like yeah. will Red Bull? Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting, right? Yeah, because some of them must have sticking power. But in general, it seems like brands that are introduced today just don't have as much like – 
staying power for as long as some of these do. And maybe we just can't see it because we're in it. But obviously, like, you understand, like, why I was curious. Like, I wanted to learn more. Like, how did they make this happen? How did they keep it that cool and maintain that market share through these decades? And guess what I found out? What? Snickers was actually on the verge of a brand meltdown in the early 2000s. (gasps) Meltdown. Uh Cute. Do you like all my puns that (laughs) I do? (laughs) So between 2006 and 2009, Snickers lost just about 10% of its global market share, which is a huge chunk to lose. Yeah. Why? Why, you ask? Good question, Alexis. (laughs) It all came down to marketing. Mm, Interesting. So the first thing that caught my eye about Snickers, and we'll get more into that just so you know. Just I want to leave you hanging for a minute, okay? So um, when I was first kind of diving in here, I found that it was actually marketed under a different name in the UK and Ireland until 1990, and that name was Marathon. So it was the exact same candy bar, exact same packaging in like the look and feel, the colors, the parallelogram that they have, but it said Marathon versus Snickers. Snickers. Interesting. And then at 1990, they decided like Mars got smart and they decided they want to like align all of its brands globally. But can you just guess like why they maybe originally opted for a different name in the UK? No. It's a weird, weird reason. Okay. (laughs) They were worried that it rhymed, like Snickers rhymed with the word knickers, which is slang in the UK for like women's underwear. (laughs) And they didn't think it would be taken seriously. But like, does candy need to be taken seriously? No, it's fun. I know. Oh my God. So that seemed really odd to me, but I guess I don't know the state of mind in like the 1930s, 40s, 50s. Like they just probably were not thinking. All they were thinking about was their knickers. (laughs) (laughs) So the other cool thing here was in 2019. So remember, Mars changed the name to Snickers in 1990. So it's been 30 years, essentially. So in 2019, Mars announced that after 30 years, it would be changing the name Snickers back to Marathon in the UK. But... They did it as a limited edition and only sold it for 12 weeks at select stores. So this limited edition candy bar, which was, like I said, the same exact product sold in just different named packaging, sold 4 million bars in 12 weeks. Oh my gosh. Like Like, what what do people, they're going to get it and eat it or they're going to save it? You can't save it. It was like collector's editions. And it was so popular that one of the UK grocery stores selling it had to put a customer limit on the number of chocolates that anyone could buy. Wow. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) So they repeated it again in 2020. So I have a feeling they're just going to like always do this like short-term stunt. Um, But I mean, it, it was a great idea because they elevated a ton of brand awareness and they sold a lot more than normal. You Smart. Know? So they've done a lot of pretty cool stuff and they've really done it right in the past decade or so. But like I mentioned before, 15 years ago, it was not the same situation. Snickers was in a major slump. Sales were down and it really seemed that this once popular candy bar had a little bit of a branding issue. So mm. yeah, and you would never guess that, right? Yeah. Have you ever noticed any change to their brand, like since you were old enough to buy a candy bar to now? Never. It looks the exact same. Same. So for the decades leading up to the early 2000s, the brand had pretty much hit the nail on the head with its advertising, and that strategy had worked for so long. So like some of the campaigns they had done in our childhood um, that worked for them, I want to talk about a few of those real quick. Okay, so in 19, Yeah, I think you'll remember some of them. In 1980, they were using the tagline and jingle, It's So Satisfying. And it, like, featured everyday people discussing why they love Snickers. And it would always show the candy very close up in someone's hand and, like, peanuts spilling out. Oh, yeah. Okay. To, like, show the satisfaction that you would get from it. 
1995, they started running ads that featured someone making like a stupid mistake with the voiceover saying, not going anywhere for a while, grab a Snickers. And the oh, tag- I remember that one. Yeah. And the tagline at the end of each ad would proclaim like, hungry, why wait? And like one example of the ads, you might remember it like had a football player for a fictional team showing off his new tattoo of the team's logo on his back to his teammates. And then, you know, his head coach shows up and after complimenting the tattoo, immediately tells him that he's been traded to Miami. So the player has to go and have like the old team's logo replaced with the new one. So it's (laughs) like, you know, a stupid thing he has to do and whatever. Those campaigns worked relatively well to help Snickers maintain their market share. Okay. So slowly, the decades went by and the campaigns lost their luster and the work coming out of Snickers marketing team and agency partners like just was not converting anymore. Let me tell you about an ad that is pretty much the epitome of Snickers at its worst, okay? So there's this commercial and it ran in 2007 and it shows two guys who are presumably mechanics bending over the front of a car that they are fixing and one guy has a Snickers in his mouth. And the other guy looks at the Snickers and like in a Lady and the Tramp-esque move, he starts munching the other end of the Snickers until both men's lips meet. And then they realize they have just accidentally kissed and they decide they can fix it by doing something manly. So they like start like, oh, like yelling. (laughs) And like one guy rips, they rip open their shirts and like they start ripping off their chest hair. It is bad. It is a bad commercial. I think we just accidentally kissed. Quick, do something manly. The reason this ad is a problem is it immediately got a ton of complaints from consumers and from like the human rights campaign and GLAAD about the fact that this ad would fuel existing mainstream homophobia. And, like, besides that, like, the straight-up homophobic tones, like, in the ad, which are totally disgusting and not okay by, like, any stretch of the imagination, there's, like, a whole other issue. How is this ad supposed to differentiate Snickers from any other chocolate bar? Like, what's the point? This ad could have been— even, They didn't even say Snickers. No, it, at the end. At the end. I yeah. mean, and it had a Snickers in it, but, like, it was fr- it was so quick that the candy bar was in the shot. It was not in there for long. And, like— this could have been an ad for any product that was trying to go after this, like, tough guy, manly audience. And, like, besides that, what does this, like, weird overt manliness have to do with Snickers? Yeah, nothing. Nothing. Right? Yeah, now that you – I mean, I think the ad was – it's funny because it's just weird. But now that you explain it that way. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't res- – it doesn't, like, do anything to progress the brand, you know? Yeah. And then they brought us another little gem in 07. I want to show you real quick. This was called the Snickers Feast Campaign. Okay. All right? I don't even know where to start with this one. Long story short, it's a bunch of Neanderthal Viking-type men along with, like, a king, some pilgrims, and, like, these Hawaiian dudes. And they're, like, running from scene to scene yelling, Feast! And then they, like, all jump in the Viking's car and eat a Snickers. It's so weird. It's so bizarre. And... 
it just, I, I don't understand the point. Like, what is it supposed to remind you of? What is it supposed to make you do? Like, it just, it's annoying. It gets stuck in your head. That's what you think of. Feast all day. And I'm just like, what's the correlation between all those? It's like a king, a Viking. Like, it, there's no correlation. It's just all, it's very manly again, right? Manly, yeah. Like, what are they trying to do in 07? I'm so confused. Did they decide their target audience are just these, like, Neanderthal, like, manly men who are homophobic and, like, I don't get it. It's super, super odd. So research from the Ehrenberg Bass Institute for Marketing Science, which is this great marketing research institute out of Australia, they found that after watching 10 ads, only 16% of people could correctly attribute the right brands to each ad. Oh my God. And you spend millions of dollars on your commercial. Yeah. I mean, that means over 80% of ads don't accomplish what they were meant to accomplish, like any kind of brand awareness. Well, think about the Super Bowl commercial. Sometimes you can't even, yeah, you can't remember the brand. You're just like, I remember when that company did that thing. Did that thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or that lightsaber flipped. I don't know. So as I mentioned previously, when Snickers got lazy with its ads and didn't put the work in to find ways to tie its unique brand position in with its target audience, like it lost 10% market share, which is huge. Yeah. I don't know what they were thinking in 07, like who they were targeting, manly men. Well, look at on YouTube, there's only 30,000 views for that feast. Oh, that's bad. And from it's from 07. I know. So what do you think they did, Lex? Get a new agency. <laughs> they got to work. So they partnered up with their agency, BBDO, and I actually couldn't find if they had another agency prior or if that was their agency and they just like regrouped it. I could not find, I did research for like 30 minutes on who their agencies were, but all I know is BBDO came in in 2010 for this campaign, okay? Okay. And currently it's their agency from what I can tell. So in 2010, the Snickers team knew they had to get their shit together, okay? They decided to dive into research they had previously conducted but clearly ignored for some reason to understand, like, what really makes Snickers Snickers? And what is it about this candy bar that stands out from the rest? And if I had to guess, they probably fired a bunch of people too. I bet. Like, like who is – especially for the first one. Oh, so bad. So in their evaluation of that market research, they found some really good information. Three key things, Okay. Number one, Snickers does, in fact, relieve people's hunger. Like, that's great news because they were already kind of focusing on that in all their messaging, right? Yeah. Like, they relieve Well, that's why I get it when I snowboard. Yeah, exactly. So that's a win. Number two, most people agreed that hunger changes your personality. So in other words, being hungry makes you not yourself. Oh, I remember this campaign. You know where we're going. Number three, over the course of its 90-year history— Snickers has developed a set of incredibly distinctive assets. The logo, the parallelogram that borders the logo, the color brown, and the iconic image of the inside of a chocolate bar. Okay? Yeah. Everywhere, right? You see that and you know automatically. That it's a Snickers. Yeah. So using those discoveries, the Snickers team got to work. And the result is what we know today as the You're Not You When You're Hungry campaign. Oh my gosh, I remember. Yeah, and it launched in 2010. And everything about these ads screamed Snickers. The first ad featured Betty White, and she was playing a game of touch football with her friends. And she's supposed to be this, like, young dude. But she's Betty White because she's hungry and she's a diva, right? Oh, my gosh, Betty. I know. So um, she's just, like, you know, out of control in the field, complaining, so annoyed. And she goes to the sidelines to who's supposed to be her girlfriend. And her girlfriend hands Betty White a Snickers and says, like, eat this. 
And all of a sudden, Betty White turns back into like this cute, normal dude. <laughs> oh my God. It is so funny. Mike, what is your deal, oh, man? Oh, come on, man. You've been riding me all day. Mike, you're playing like Betty White out there. That's not what your girlfriend said. Oh, baby. Oh, 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 Better? Better. Hey! I'm up in! That hurt. You're not you when you're hungry. Snickers satisfies. That ad didn't just do okay. It was the best performing commercial of the Super Bowl that year. Because Betty. She's like, she's an icon. I mean, and she's so hilarious. Like everyone wants her to be their grandma. I know. (laughs) The ad generated 400 million incremental and unpaid media impressions with a media value equal to $28.6 million. Uh, Score. That was 11.4 times more than their initial investment. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. I mean, here's the thing. Some Super Bowl commercials just freaking take off. I know. And others, you watch them and you're, you're like, what brand is that what even? What is that? Yeah. And it's kind of in, I always actually feel bad for the Super Bowl ads when I'm watching the Super Bowl that are just so bad. And first of all, that you don't know what brand it is or they just totally miss the mark because, yeah. because you know how much money they spent on that ad. Totally. Right? For, for production and for the buy. I mean, it's yeah. crazy. But ultimately, like this one little 30-second commercial was talked about in the press for 91 days following that run. That's crazy for an ad to be talked about for that long because it made such an impact. And YouTube wasn't as big. So what? obviously they repurposed it on YouTube. And now I wonder. I mean, YouTube was pretty big in 2010, but it was like, obviously it's way bigger today. But that's where they they were driving people back to, Yeah. yeah, to see it. And they followed up with more ads along the same storyline. And the ads were like all star studded. I mean, everyone has appeared in these You're Not You When You're Hungry campaigns, like Robin Williams, Aretha Franklin, like iconic people. That is so cool. And I bet they chose those people just because the, the, how old Snickers the brand is. Totally. So they were just trying to tie some nostalgia to it. Yeah. the demo- They really did a good job, I think, with multiple demographics, of you know, covering kind of all of them. Yeah. But if you really dive into the details and pick out, like, why and how the ads actually got embedded into customer psyche, it's actually really interesting. So, like, they used the color brown in almost all of their ads to really drive home that, like, subliminal chocolate message. And, like, we already know from, from the research that – customers do tie that color brown with Snickers. See, that's why I'm so obsessed with color theory. I know. But like, if you look back at the commercial and watch it now that I've told you this, the color of the mud in the football game, okay? The color of Betty's girlfriend's shirt. They were all the right shades of brown. And then plus the Snickers logo and its recognizable parallelogram like shape, they appear on the screen for twice as long in commercials like starting in 2010 to today versus 07 when the commercials were not working. Yeah. So every little detail was totally on brand. On point, Snickers. Good job. So smart. Yeah, I love that color science. I know. It's crazy when you really dive into it. Another example of how they did this was in their 2017 Super Bowl ad featuring actor Adam Driver. It's a Western theme ad. And they did it in all these like sepia brown tones on TV because Western naturally like lends itself to that. So like we had that brown color on our TV screens for like a full 30 seconds, right? 
Brilliant. And it really made us subconsciously think of Snickers. So in the ad, Adam is confused because it's supposed to be like a live Super Bowl ad. Okay. And he doesn't realize it's live. Like he like walks on the set and he's like talking like whatever. And everyone's like, we're live. And he messes up the entire commercial and like the whole Western set falls down. And it ends with a screen that says, you mess up live Super Bowl commercials when you are hungry. I mean, it's a cheesy commercial, but like they incorporated all of the brand elements and it totally was reinforced with the colors, the logo, and that like you're not you when you're hungry message. So their reinforcement of the brand has been done on far more than just TV. I mean, if you look at Snickers social media channels over the past decade, they use all of their four key brand assets in everything they do and they repeat it over and over and over again. I mean, scroll down their feed, Lex, like you'll see logo, parallelogram, brown, inside of chocolate bar, and then the same thing over and over again. They just are so consistent with showing consumers what they need to see to remember the product. They have a cool feed. They have a great feed on Instagram. So that was their ad campaign. But of course, like any amazing brand, they wanted to round out the campaign with a few stunts that would bring to life this campaign and really build up a ton of viral conversation. So I'm going to take you through just quickly three of the stunts they pulled that tied perfectly into this campaign. Okay. Cool? So the first one, Snickersgate. What do you think about that when you just hear that? They made a gate out of Snickers. (laughs) (laughs) It's hashtag Snickersgate, okay? Okay. This stunt just happened in 2019. So Mars Wrigley ran a campaign in France, and they did this with their BBDO agency in France. Okay. Um, And it quickly turned into a conversation that went viral on social. So the company put bounty candy bars in Snickers wrappers, and they watched to see how people would react online. I know. Oh, how funny. So I hate coconut. I would flip a lid if I bit into a candy bar that I was expecting to be Snickers, and it was coconut. Like, that would be the end. I would probably never buy a Snickers again, so I'd be pissed. But Bounty is made by Mars, so it was like an easy thing. And it is this coconut-flavored filling coated with milk or dark chocolate. They did come out and say that the allergens are the same for the two products. Like, they were careful not to expose customers to, like, any risks, which I didn't even think about. Yeah. they had to think about that, right? The customers noticed, of course. They took to Twitter and YouTube to share their reactions using the hashtag Snickersgate. The coolest thing about the Snickersgate prank put the brand at the forefront of customer conversations by emulating the type of production problems that customers like often complain about on social media. Yeah. Right? Like something went wrong. And they let the hashtag run for a day before commenting. Um, The company really wanted to like build up that engagement before they jumped in and like revealed it was a hoax. And how did they tie that into their current campaign, do you think? I don't know. They flipped it from you're not you when you're hungry tagline into we're not us when we're hungry. And they released a video at the same time that they like like came out that it was a hoax. And they playfully blamed a factory worker that was spacey because he was hungry. Oh my God. It's so funny because they on social media, there's another one that has a picture of a Milky Way. And it says, maybe our graphic designer needs a Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So that resulted in over 20,000 engagements on social media. So like what a cool way to bring that campaign like you know, into action, essentially. That's awesome. I've never seen these, like, Snickers protein things. Yeah, I mean, I think they have so many crazy products they've come out with over the years. And I'm assuming that you would find them all in the candy aisle at the grocery store. But 
if it's more of a protein, you know, item, it might be on a totally different shelf, which of course creates confusion for customers. So that's yeah. always tricking your marketing. Like we had a product one time that we repped, it was a refrigerated salsa. So in the grocery store, it wasn't found with the salsas. It was found in the refrigerated section next to like the sour creams and stuff. Yeah. So, so we, had, we had to tell everyone always in the refrigerated section. Yeah. It's really hard to get that into a short marketing message. Yeah. Um, but it's a thing. So number two, Jeremy Clarkson was consoled with a free Snickers bar in a PR stunt. Okay. Okay. So the year was 2015 for this one. And there's this English television host who reports on cars and I guess he's pretty famous. I, I'm not big on cars, and I don't watch BBC that often. So Oh, I, I know who he is. Jeremy Clarkson? Yeah. Okay. So apparently this dude, like, loses his shit and punches a producer at the set he's working on <laughs> on the BBC show Top Gear. Yep. Okay. And he goes on a rant, and, like, he's swearing left and right after, like, a long day of filming. And you know why he was so angry? Because he was hangry. Yeah. He didn't get a hot meal served to him, like, at the end of his working day. And, like, he he lost it. So this caused him to get suspended from the BBC show that he was working on. And, of course, it made the news and was all over the internet. So do you know what Snickers did, Lex? They pretended they staged it. No, they did not stage it. Look at that little picture right there. Okay, that's the Twitter post. I'm going to read it to you. Oh, my God. They decided that this was the perfect op to newsjack this into a stunt that fit right into their You're Not You When You're Hungry campaign. So they quickly shipped a box of 48 Snickers to the Top Gear Studios. Snickers announced the gift on Twitter in a tweet that read, at Jeremy Clarkson, you may want to have some of these on set next time you are hungry. And then it had a picture of the box of Snickers with like a handmade label made out to Jeremy at the studio. And on the bottom of the label, they wrote, you're not you when you're hungry. Oh my God, brilliant. But, and this was retweeted and shared like thousands of times all over the internet. But there were some critics of the stunt, and I thought it was really interesting why. You know, those commentators pointed out that this situation involved assault, and basically, like, it's not the best look to try to make light of, like, an assault situation. You know, so, like, for a brand to newsjack, something like that definitely went viral, but, like, was it the right move? I don't know. I mean, everyone's got an opinion. Yeah. But we don't, you know, we don't want to make light of that, you know, of any kind of assault. But still, it was an interesting approach and, like, definitely showed that they were, like, watching all things pop culture, you know? Yeah. So the final one, stunt number three. In 2018, Snickers started running a banner ad that I want to show you, Alexis. Can you read what it says? Get one for the price of two. Okay. What is the... What? Yeah. Confusing, right? Yeah. I mean, who in their right mind would click that banner? Like, get one, get one, but pay for two. Two. Okay. So Snickers played even more on its You're Not You When You're Hungry campaign with this one. So when someone curiously clicked on the backwards offer, a video message would pop up from a comforting life coach who would express how worried they are about you. And they would ask, why would you be interested in such an offer? Basically, they were like, clearly you're not yourself because you're hungry. Oh, my God. And then, like, the life coach would offer a slightly better deal. They would give the video watchers $1 off when you buy two. So, like, the people who, like, curiously clicked were just, like, trying to see what it was. And it was funny. And then they actually got an offer they could redeem. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, it was hilarious. And so, Lex, guess what happened after all of this? After the campaign launch, after all these stunts have been going on? Like, what do you think? Hopefully, sales, like, just blew through the roof. Yeah. So, Snickers 
saw its sales increase by 16% within just two years. And they straight up reversed those declining sales that we talked about from the early 2000s, which is crazy. I mean, all in all, this is considered one of the greatest marketing comebacks in history. That's incredible. I know. So in the U.S. alone, Snickers doubled its market share since 2012. And really, this success boiled down to one thing in my mind and in the minds of a lot of the marketers who wrote about this. It was all about making the conscious decision to obey a critical branding rule. If people are going to remember my brand, first, they must know it's me. You can't just like do Do something funny and hilarious without making sure that customers understand like this is you. These are your brand traits. This is what you stand for. Or even like showing the product. Yeah, you can do all the funny stuff, but like they have to know it's you. They have to be able to attribute that back to you. Yeah. Right? So I don't know. What do you think, Lex? Like this campaign has been going on since 2010 and it's still going strong. Like will this marketing strategy stick around? I think it's brilliant because I they have so many outlets to keep attacking like every demographic. Like I just saw some, their they're ads for high school teenagers like running track and one guy's running the wrong way. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's hungry. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, they do a great job with it. So I I think it's here to stay. And I don't think their position as the number one candy bar is going anywhere anytime soon. Well, although I, I prefer Caramello. Caramello? Would you caramel- never see those anywhere? Where is the Caramello? Like at the gas station. They're so good. Oh, I like Snickers and Snickered Blizzards. Ooh, uh-huh. interesting. Um, so let's just real quick talk about the sources. Also, I'm very hungry right now. So I know. let's I'm go like, quick. <laughs> I really enjoyed mashed.com's story by Joel Stice titled The Untold Truth of Snickers. I also got some great information from bettermarketing.com's article by James Nickel titled How Snickers Pulled Off One of the Greatest Marketing Comebacks, as well as Adweek's article by David Greiner titled Snickers' New Banner Ad The Brand Asks If You're Okay. And finally, Marketing Dive's article by Diana Christie titled Snickers Goes Viral with Snickers Gate Prank. I just have to say, I'm kind of disappointed. Every other time we were talking about like a I should have brought you a Snickers. I should have had a Snickers. I thought about it. Sorry, you fail. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening. And we hope you love this episode and hope you'll come back next week for another awesome story. If you want to support our podcast, you can leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify and tell all your friends about us. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Bye.